0: a fun show today. We're going to talk about Dynasty Leagues. I probably shouldn't say we have a fun show today because that implies other shows aren't fun, but this one's going to be interesting. We did a Dynasty draft last week. We'll talk about that. A lot of uh, picks that are worth talking about. Devontae Adams was definitely not the number one wide receiver taken. Some debate about who should be number one. Uh, Lamar Jackson went way after the top two quarterbacks. Who was number two, you might be thinking. So all of that will be discussed. We have Dynasty emails and getting some news. Some important players being released, Uh, Tyrell Williams signed by the Lions. We'll get to some bigger headlines, I think, next week, but uh, things are picking up. Things are picking up. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, and Heath Cummings here on this Dynasty edition of Fantasy Football Today. And guys, I think we should just start with this. Who should be the number one pick in a startup Dynasty League? There are some parameters here. No rookies, it's not Superflex, and it's PPR. So, Heath, who should be the number one pick in a PPR startup dynasty league, not Superflex, and no rookies?
2: Well, it's Christian McCaffrey, and I think it's fairly obvious. I'm not even going to uh, make a big case for him. I'll just apologize for showing up so late today and missing the first 45 minutes of the show. Um, <laughs> what, this what, is what, awesome. What, what, We're doing what? dynasty like at the beginning of the show, an <laughs> entire show about dynasty. We're not saving it and pushing it for the last 15 minutes. the dynasty this show, is, yeah. This is awesome.
3: Thank you, Adam.
0: Is it really that obvious that it's Christian McCaffrey? To me, it is.
3: Okay, Dave. I think it's I think it's obvious too. You think about the other players. Certainly, they're they're more likely running backs and wide receivers that you would consider taking at number one. Saquon's going to make you squeamish because of the injuries they've had over the past couple of years. Derrick Henry is twenty seven. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, maybe he's just not proven enough to to earn that number one overall spot. Alvin Kamara kind of the same age as Christian McCaffrey. And we know that McCaffrey has been a little bit more productive. So I get it. I think McCaffrey is the top pick is the safest way to go.
2: Well, and I, I think the distinction you made about PPR is an important one because I, I think you could make an argument for Jonathan Taylor and non PPR. I think you could make an argument that the gap between McCaffrey and Taylor next year won't be that big. And after next year's the point where we probably start looking at discounting McCaffrey a little bit because of his age, and so, in non PPR, maybe you make the case for Taylor as the number one overall.
3: And can you make the case for Dalvin Cook, or do the injuries scare you he's off even, there too?
2: He's even older than McCaffrey, isn't he?
3: Okay. I'm, I wasn't sure.
2: Let me sure tell you. Let me bring it down I'm sure for he's you. Close. He, he
0: is. He is. So, so okay. of the, the top, the elite running backs, and tell me if I'm forgetting anyone, Saquon Barkley is 24. Now, okay, it, this is what age they will be in the 2021 season. Barkley yeah. will be in his the, age 20. Week one is what yes. I use
2: generally. That's what I, I use, use the, Pro Football,
0: I I use Pro Football Reference. So whatever they use, like looking at last year was Barkley's age 23 season. So, uh he is he is going to be 24. I think he turned 24 in February. Um but that's what I'm using. Pro Football Reference has a way of doing it. This is your age blank season. That's what I used. Barkley will be entering his age 24 season. McCaffrey his age 25 season. Kamara and Cook twenty and, and Zeke 26. And Derek Henry will be entering his age 27th, 27th season. Uh he's the old guy. He'll be going into his sixth season along with Zeke. Uh Kamara, McCaffrey, and Cook, their fifth season, but McCaffrey's a year younger, at least in terms of what the metric I'm using. Um, and uh then Kamara and Cook and Barkley is the youngest. He's going into his fourth season, he's 24. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor and Swift and all those guys are younger. Um but I had a tough time coming up with a player to take other than McCaffrey because the rookie running backs, the ones who were rookies last year, they don't catch a ton of passes, right? Like if Jonathan Taylor, the, if there's going to be one guy, it's going to be him. He doesn't catch a ton of passes. And then if you want to go wide receiver, I had this thought, you know, who is that guy, that player who's played one or two years in the NFL that you could make the case for as the number one pick in a startup dynasty league? And unfortunately, the three wide receivers that, that everybody loves Jefferson, Metcalf, A.J. Brown, they're not huge catch guys. You know, they're like in the 80s so far in their career. Uh, and that's, that hurts when, when, especially compared to McCaffrey. Uh, so I actually thought maybe in, in a half PPR league, it's more justifiable to go with one of those wide receivers, if that makes sense. One of those three I mentioned Jefferson, A.J. Brown, DK Metcalf. Uh, over McCaffrey. But in a full PPR league, I feel like it's a bigger advantage to McCaffrey. Um, So I don't know. It's like we don't, of these really young players, especially at receiver, if you wanted to go receiver with your first pick, we don't have a guy right now that looks like a consistent 95 to 100, like a Julio Jones or an Antonio Brown or something like that. They're big play guys and they uh, so far have not been high catch guys. Does that make
3: sense? It does, but I think you can make the case that Jefferson could become one. I mean, he had eighty-eight catches last year. Yeah, that's you're getting pretty. But close he also to was a big there.
0: play guy. He was yards per catch way up there. No doubt, but
3: eighty-eight catches is still eighty-eight catches, and it was a good catch rate for him as well. He had uh, one hundred and twenty-five targets. I think he could get more next year. I think he absolutely could qualify as that high volume plus big play like, you know, a smashing playmaker in the NFL for a long time.
0: Yeah. And Julio Jones. I'm sorry. Julio Jones um, only had 79 catches in his second season in 16 full games. And then he became, you know, catch machine. Um, So that's something to keep in mind. Go ahead. Sorry.
2: Well, and these the other thing they all have in common is like, it's not that they haven't been huge catch guys because they can't earn target share. It's that oddly enough, the three best young wide receivers all play on teams that want to throw the ball more than ever or run the ball more than average. That's that's a great point. Um, That's unlikely to remain the case. Um, Like I, I think we'll see more catches targets for AJ Brown this year. I don't know about Jefferson. I think it'll be really interesting because for most of the year. Um, you would have still said that Adam Thielen was the number one option on the Vikings. Now, he wasn't in this in late late in the year, for sure. Um, I don't think there'll be any doubt going into next year who teams are going to try to stop in the passing game on the Vikings. It's going to be Justin Jefferson. And and I wonder, like we've seen, we saw that with Thielen and Diggs, where a lot of times it was just the guy that didn't get the, all the attention. It's what Diggs told us. Yeah, so it might be a little bit of a bounce back for Thielen in that regard, but like, Brown is the one of that trio that I feel more confident will see more targets next year.
0: So now I'm pretty sure in the last six seasons, there's only been one wide receiver that's finished top 12 in PPR on an offense that was bottom five in pass attempts. I don't think it happened last year. And Jefferson was on a team that was sixth fewest in pass attempts. So he almost broke that mold but it's and, per, but, it's and you mean
2: on a full season basis cuz AJ Brown was 7th on per game basis last year.
0: Okay, yes, on a full season basis. Um top he didn't finish twel- top 12, did he?
2: He was 17th cuz he only played 17. I think 13 games. Okay,
0: so games. um no, so yeah, I don't think it happened last year on any of those any of the five teams that threw the fewest pass attempts, but Minnesota threw the sixth fewest, and Jefferson was obviously in the top twelve. But it's hard to do. It's it's really hard to do to finish top twelve on an offense that doesn't throw the ball much. They, they had two top twelve wide receivers on an offense that didn't throw the ball very much.
3: He was top twelve both in overall fantasy points and fantasy points per game. A lot of that though had to do with Adam Thielen catching a lot of touchdowns because yeah. he had like a hundred something targets. And, but he had he had more touchdown catches than Jefferson had targets inside the 10 last year. So that's an area that Jefferson can improve in, too, is becoming a bigger target inside the 10-yard line. But even think about what has to happen for for Minnesota to go back the other way and be, well, I mean, it's not so far the other way, but to be a run, run, run-heavy offense. Defense has to get a lot better, and Dalvin Cook has to stay healthy. The offensive line has to stay strong. I'm not saying it can't happen. We've seen two years ago, we kind of saw it happen, but I, I still think there's plenty there for Justin Jefferson to be an impressive fantasy wide yeah. receiver. But
0: is there enough to make the case for him or any other wide receiver as the number one overall pick in a dynasty league?
3: The, the case for Jefferson to be the number one overall receiver in a dynasty league is he just, he's, he's just had a good volume rookie season. He's proven to be a great receiver. He's got room to grow in the red zone. We just talked about that. And he's only 21 years old. That's not me saying I would take him for sure. I'm not sure who I would take first. Tyreek Hill is up there. Devontae Adams, I think, still deserves some consideration. And Brown and, and DK, I don't think I would take DK. But Brown would certainly be an option as well. There are a lot of good receivers that could go number one. But Jefferson might have the most going for him because of age.
2: I think you could make an argument for Adams, for Brown, for Jefferson, for Metcalf, for Tyreek. Um, it's it's not a huge gap between any of the really top seven. Um, my thing is, like on a per game basis, Devonte Adams has was so much better than everybody else, and really for the last three years has been so much better than everybody else on a per game basis. And, um, I just, like, can, yeah, you I mean, can, can you explain that? Gamer, Can
0: you explain that? Because I, that obviously wasn't true in 2019.
2: No, not every single year, but if you look at 2020 and then you look at what he's done over the last three years on a three-year average, it is true.
0: Is it really? It, is that much better? Last year, I, I think Hill? he was four points per game
2: better than Tyreek Hill, who was awesome. Four points yeah. per game. Yeah. That's enormous. Well, he had
0: what? 18 touchdown catches? So we know that's uh, coming. Yes, yeah. we we think that's coming down. Rodgers through forty eight. Uh, Adams had a, just an insane amount of touchdown catches last year. And in twenty nineteen, yeah, twenty nineteen, he was it, sixth yeah, 2019 in
3: PPR he points per game. No, but he was still sixth in PPR points per game.
2: Um, and twenty eighteen, I think he was the best on a per. Twenty eighteen, he was number one on a per game basis. Now he the three year average does not show because twenty nineteen really holds that down. Um, but two of the past three years, he has been the best wide receiver. And last year he was four points better than anybody and like eight points per game better than guys like AJ Brown and DK Metcalf.
3: You're right about 2018, 21.6 PPR per game, a half point better per game than Antonio Brown that year.
0: But he's the same age as, or they're both, he and Deandre Hopkins are going into their age 29 seasons. Hopkins has been a top five wide receiver five times, I think five times. Yeah, uh, that's incredible. Um, at age twenty three, twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven, and twenty eight, he's been a top five uh, wide receiver five times in his career. We don't even think about him as the potential number one uh, wide well, receiver off the board, but he's not. But he's the same age as Devonte Adams. Right.
2: He's and I like I think he probably has, but like the last three years he hasn't been close to as good as Adams was last year.
0: Not as good as he was last year, but you just talked about 2018 when Adams was the number one wide receiver per game. He was barely better than Hopkins by a point, 1.1 points per game. Um, was it that I've had it by about a half a point. I thought, I guess it depends on, I'm looking at the FFT
2: league. It's 21.97 to 20.84, but you're right. It's could be different on a different site.
0: Yeah, okay, I I, I think I said he was number two. He's actually number three. 2018, Devontae Adams, what I'm looking at on FFToday.com, 21.8 points, Antonio Brown, 21.6, DeAndre Hopkins, 21.1. Let's just call it he was a point worse per game. All right, fine, but my point stands. DeAndre Hopkins maybe should be part of this discussion too. Same age as as, uh, Adams and uh, five top five finishes. I couldn't believe that. Antonio Brown has six top five finishes, by the way, in his career. But...
2: I, I think a, the, and again the the reason he's not is because at twenty eight years old, when you're comparing him to these twenty four and twenty three and even twenty two year olds, I the only way you get into that discussion is if we think there's a chance that you're just you just blow those guys' doors off next year.
0: Is Devontae Adams' chance really that much better than DeAndre Hopkins' chance?
3: I think he's a much better touchdown producer. Adams is. Yeah. And Hopkins. And I also think there's a chance that Hopkins target share could go down where we're not really seeing it. You look at the Cardinals offense and, you know, he was their alpha on the outside and inside, but they, they could add a piece at some point during this offseason. I know they want to, I know could. they want to get their run game
0: better. The Packers absolutely could do the same.
3: They could, they should. but I, I just, I, uh, I was going to say, but I think Rodgers just leans so heavily on Adams in the red zone that it might not matter and teams know it's coming and there's nothing they can do about it. I can't, I I can't say whether or not I it's close between Rogers to Adams in the red zone versus Kyler to Hopkins in the red zone. All I can tell you is that the Cardinals in the red zone have not been as great as we've hoped the past two seasons. And it
2: was like, it was close last year. Um, Hopkins was 160 targets Adams was over that pace, over 10 per game, but not by a lot, like 10 and a half per game in terms of targets. But that was on a team that threw the ball 526 times versus how many times Arizona threw it. Like relative to last year, I think it's more likely that Green Bay throws the ball
3: more than Arizona. Especially so, with running back changes potentially happening there. Here, uh, just look at red zone targets last year. Devontae Adams had 28 of them.
0: Yeah, but Devontae Adams, I gave this stat a couple weeks ago, I think like a wacky stat, 44.4% of his team's targets inside the 10-yard line. Yeah, I know. That I was, want guys
3: that have that type of
0: Yeah, I, no, uh, target share. I, I, so, I know, I know. I just that It's not going to happen again. A lot of things that happen for Devontae Adams are not going to happen again. That was a, an but, extremely high he, number.
3: Will he have more than 13 red zone targets?
0: He's going to catch more t- Okay, fine. I, I, <laughs> I, you know, I just wanted to put him in the discussion because Hopkins, I just think it's amazing. What I did let yesterday in prep for this show was I looked at the last 10 years at running back and wide receiver, and uh, I tried to find the ideal ages to answer this question of who should be going number one overall and who sh- who you should be prioritizing in a startup dynasty league or if you're making a trade in an existing dynasty league or something like that. When does a player start to drop off? And what I found was age 26 appears to be a peak year at both running back and wide receiver. It had the most top five finishes both at both positions. By age 28, you don't really want to invest heavily in running backs after age 28. You don't see a ton of top five finishes. You do see some top 12 finishes there, but they start to fall off once they get to 29. Wide receiver, they also start, Chris Towers also did some research on this. They also start to fall off at that at that age, but they last longer. They have better years after age 28 than running backs do. But for running backs, the most top five finishes were uh, ages 24, 25, and 26. And it was a little bit older for wide receivers. It was twenty. Five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, um, a little bit better. Uh, twenty-five to twenty-eight really was was the peak there. So, um, basically, I just wanted to figure out how old is too old? Is Christian McCaffrey getting too old? No, not really. He's going into his age twenty-five season. He should have at least three really good years left, and he's such a sure thing. So, that's, I that's yeah, go ahead. That,
2: that's why I said mm. next year is the year I'll kind of start dropping him off a little bit because. When the three-year window includes age 28 is when I start to get a little bit more nervous. Um But just one more thing on the Adams-Hopkins discussion because we're talking about how Adams is not going to score as many touchdowns last year, next year, and he's not. But his 16-game pace over the last five years is 13 touchdowns per year. DeAndre Hopkins' career high he did once is 13 touchdowns. Yeah.
0: Oh, look, I'm... I like Adams better. You're 100% right. The touchdowns are better. Um, but I do think it's it's interesting that they're the same age and Hopkins is, has been so consistent with four sure. straight top five finishes. You no, know,
3: the conversation makes me think that Hopkins is like a great guy to target after everybody goes gaga over the first four or five receivers in a dynasty startup. And yeah. He might be a pretty good – he's a good target to trade for too because there's this stigma that he's old. And that maybe he just, you know, had an, one great year with Kyler Murray. And you could always check in if you're close to getting a championship in your dynasty league to see what it'll cost to get him in a trade. Well,
0: let um, me go to this one, draft. He, you, Heath, you took Adams eighth. and I took Adams seventh, I believe.
2: Um, well, also, you, you've said many times that Hopkins and Adams are the same age. They are currently the same age. I have Hopkins as a year older because he'll be 29 when the season starts. He's about 200 days older than Devontae Adams. So that that's, again, like maybe it'll be their age 29 season for both of them next year. It's a good reason to use decimals when you're looking at age because Hopkins is closer to a year older than Adams than he is to exactly the same age.
0: All right. They are going to both be in their age 29 season, but fair point. Um, you took Adams eighth. Hopkins went 24th. So there's just a big, I think, difference in the, in the way Hopkins is being viewed. Uh, and, and I guess to wrap up, I was trying to say about, you know, how old is too old. Well, both of these guys are going to be 29. And that's when we're starting to see some drop-off for wide receivers. Now, if they're truly elite, like Antonio Brown, like Julio Jones, you know, you could get Reggie Wayne, I think, had a good year at like 34. These guys could be good into their 30s, really good. But it is a pretty compelling case to start thinking about Maybe it's Tyree Kill or maybe it's AJ Brown or somebody like that or Justin Jefferson. I
2: that is so, what so weird that the, I'm. I'm sorry, I'm stuck on the age thing now. Devontae Adams is going to turn 29 on Christmas Eve. Really, like week 16.
0: And they're making that his age 29 season. Um, no,
3: that it shouldn't be that way.
2: That that is the way that 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 is done on Pro Football Reference. But I just want to say that, like, I don't think Adams. I look at it as he has his age 28, 29, and 30 season. And then for a player his caliber,
0: I don't expect a drop off in the next three years. Okay. I mean, I think that's pretty fair. I would, I would, yeah. Question but I would look at him
2: slightly differently. He wouldn't be number one probably if I had him in at, in at 29. So that's a big
0: breaking and point for you, that age.
2: That range, the 27 through
3: 30 range, yes, is. There's there's big breaking points. You also wouldn't see him the same way if he didn't have his current quarterback. And it looks like he's gonna have Aaron Rodgers this year. Is he gonna have Aaron Rodgers in his 29 season and his 30 season? We think, we hope. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's dominating if it's Jordan Love.
0: One thing he can have beginning today is Paramount Plus. All right. It's launching today. Paramount Plus, you've probably seen the spots with Bill Cower and James Corden and Patrick Stewart, Beavis and Butthead. Um, now you can hear it from me. It's live sports. Um, I don't really belong in that group, by the way. Not even with Beavis and Butthead. It's live sports. It's breaking news. It's a mountain of entertainment. Go straight from game day to movie night with Paramount+. Plus. Stream iconic movies like The Godfather, Indiana Jones, Mission Impossible. New episodes of critically acclaimed original series like Star Trek, Picard, The Good Fight, and The Stand. And get this, you can also dive into live sports from CBS Sports. We got the NFL, March Madness, the Masters, Champions League, soccer. This is all in Paramount+. And hit shows from CBS, from Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Smithsonian Channel, and Comedy Central. So it's live sports, it's breaking news, and a mountain of entertainment. Paramount Plus streaming starts today, March 4th. Let's take a quick break from our dynasty discussions here and talk about the latest news around the NFL. Uh, The Giants released Golden Tate. The Vikings released Kyle Rudolph. Houston restructured David Johnson's contract. I guess we look at the two releases any major fantasy impact? I mean, obviously, Herb Smith, but we were kind of banking on Kyle Rudolph not being there anyway. Uh, but Dave, fantasy impact of the Giants releasing Tate and uh, Minnesota releasing Rudolph.
3: Yeah, my 2014 fantasy football team took a massive hit.
0: <laughs> um, well, Look, Rudolph yeah.
3: Rudolph's going to get a gig. Um, there's already talk of him somehow going to Cleveland, and maybe he replaces David Njoku on the roster and reconnects with Kevin Stefanski there. I could see him going to New England and trying to you know, get an extra year or two out there as their kind of Gronk replacement. Rudolph is a giant out there. He just doesn't move as well as other tight ends. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to go somewhere where he's going to be able to be a factor in the passing game. So that's why he wanted out of Minnesota. Let's see what happens with him. He's got a chance to be a week one streaming tight end, a guy that you take with your late pick. Uh, there's all sorts of excitement for Irv Smith now. Totally get it. He's a top twelve tight end, of course. And uh, I don't know where Golden Tate goes. I don't know if anybody really cares.
2: Um, the only th- every lots of people are saying the Kyle Rudolph to New England thing, and I would like to propose a rule that following this year, if whoever the Titan the the Patriots bring in to play tight end is irrelevant as non-Gronk tight ends most generally have been with the Patriots. We can stop with the Patriots tight end thing and just say it was a Gronk
3: thing. <laughs> well, sure. I think we've been saying that all along anyway. That I we don't were, think if Kyle if we weren't Rudolph weren't chasing goes to New England. Asiasi in 2020 drafts. Kyle Rudolph. I'm, no one's going to chase Kyle Rudolph, though, right? Oh, I only think some if, people will. Only if he's got a good week one matchup would he be worth picking up and that's no matter what team he goes to unless he's like a backup yeah like well, if he goes to kansas city no one's drafting him obviously and but if he goes well, to new england and the patriots play i don't know name a team with a bad defense the lions and why though? i
0: mean he get, like who's the patriots quarterback i mean kyle rudolph doesn't deserve trevor to Lawrence. be a, they're kyle,
3: gonna trade to get trevor Lawrence. kyle
0: rudolph is not a streamer he doesn't deserve to be a streaming tight end even in a great matchup.
3: It just it is a matchup based thing and that's what he'll pretty much be all year. He's
0: ne- when was the last time he was even that?
3: I think there were there might have been a week or two during the 2020 season probably. where we were interested in Kyle Rudolph.
0: I mean there's probably a week or two where you had a good game, I don't know that we were interested in him. He's he's been a he's a fantasy afterthought. He has been anyway.
3: Um that's why we're putting him in this possible streaming conversation.
2: Um back to the actual relevant guy, Irv Smith. Uh, Scott fish, our friend of the program. I had tweeted out my initial projection of our Smith, which is right around tight end. 12 was like 550 yards or something. It was really uninspiring, but I felt like I was maybe too low and he had uh, followed up and said last year, Smith and Rudolph combined for 58 catches, 699 yards
0: and six touchdowns. That's really not very good. No, no, it is not. it's, You'd think if Irv Smith has a good fantasy year, one of two things has to happen. He has to catch a decent amount of touchdowns, or Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen have to fall off, right?
3: Or Dalvin Cook falls off.
0: Well, let's not say that. Kirk Cousins did throw like 36 times per game down the stretch. I think it was the last eight games of the year. So that helps, and he caught three touchdowns. Irv Smith caught three touchdowns in four games without Kyle Rudolph. Uh, and he played a lot. He played about 80% of the snaps in three of those four games. Uh, the, four touchdowns inside the 10, too. The Saints cut Jared Cook. So, what do you think about Taysom Hill catching passes at tight end from Jameis Winston? <laughs> <laughs> that we could really make up a tight end.
3: Don't, don't try and take the shine away from Adam Troutman. That's true. That's going to be the guy in New Orleans. I think
2: he was taking the shine
0: away from Taysom Hill. I just want him to be tight end eligible. That was a really fun week. <laughs> Remember that?
3: It was wild. That was fun. <laughs>
0: uh, Houston restructured David Johnson's contract. He, so, he was good. Super duper
2: um, great value in best ball drafts right now. Both both places we looked, he was running back 33 Ooh. in terms of ADP at running back right now. Um, go get him at that cost. Wow. Uh,
0: the Raiders. Where you GM, have him
2: ranked? Uh projected like 16th, and I think I dropped him down to like twenty-two or twenty-three because of all the uncertainty.
3: Right. That's the range that he's in. He's gonna be one of those last gasp Barbie 2s Uh
0: Raiders GM Mike Mayock endorsed Derek Carr. Really s- threw a nice statement of support at him. And Carr, I don't it, like this is something that's easy to forget. He averaged three hundred and sixteen yards per game. In his last six healthy games, that's a five, that's a plus 5,000 yard pace. He had that one game where he left with the injury uh, very early. But yeah, I mean, he scored 27 0. Remember the game at Atlanta? We were so excited about the Raiders. They they had a horrible game. 27 points, zero points, 37, 27, 25, and 24 fantasy points in his last six games, uh, six healthy games in six point per passing touchdown leagues. He did have three rushing touchdowns that helped, but also was throwing. It's throwing on a 5,000-yard pace. I don't know. Where do you guys have Derek Carr? Is he inside your top 15? No. 20? Close. Top 20 guy? I have him 18th.
2: For, okay. I for sure have him inside my top 20. I, I have fifteenth. I'm guys, not sure. Be.
3: I'm not sure we're drafting him unless he's got a really great week one matchup and you've decided to stream quarterbacks or in your two-quarterback league and you want to have a really good second quarterback. Yeah. Most. Most leagues draft two quarterbacks, though, right? Start two quarterbacks or not? Ours, yeah. Most leagues draft two of them, sure. So he would be one of those second quarterbacks.
0: Uh, okay. Minnesota GM Rick Spielman he endorsed Kirk Cousins. He said Kirk Cousins is our starting quarterback. Detroit signed Tyrell Williams, it's a one year deal, $6.2 million. He missed all of 2020 with a torn labrum. He had three straight, very consistent seasons of 41 to 43 catches, 651 to 728 yards, four to six touchdowns before missing all of 2020. Tyrell Williams, guys, is he a top 48 wide receiver?
2: He is not for me. If the Lions don't franchise Kenny Galladay or bring back Marvin Jones then he would be a top 48 wide receiver for me. I think the two relevant seasons in that case would be 2019 with the Raiders and 2016 with the Chargers because those would be the two years where he had an opportunity to be the number one in terms of target share. Um, And he was like one of those years he was a number two wide receiver. One of them is a number four. So he's probably a number four.
0: All right. Some more news. The Jets released defensive end Henry Anderson. The Dolphins are releasing... Kyle Van Noy, a linebacker uh, that they signed last year. Pittsburgh unlikely to resign James Conner, according to ESPN's Brooke Pryor. And we're seeing some rumors Aaron Jones could get franchise tagged. Allen Robinson could get franchise tagged. It's very vague, doesn't necessarily mean much. We'll see what you know, happens.
3: Next week's going to be a pretty big yeah. week. Next week and uh, yeah, the week after that, the new season starts.
0: You know what I'm going to be doing next week, Dave? What's that, Adam? Starting this weekend, really, I'm going to be full-court press preparing for fantasy baseball drafts because it is time. Me too. Yes, and there's a great new tool for you if you just don't have the time. Fantasy Baseball Today in 5. Guess how long each episode is, yes. Five, maybe six minutes uh, every day, first thing in the morning. Download Fantasy Baseball Today in 5. Check it out. Great information. And also, go to our website. Go to cbssports.com slash there is so much great fantasy baseball and football. Uh but and basketball, but fantasy baseball content, that's what we're talking about right now. It's a great way to get ready for the season. Okay, some dynasty topics. Uh Devonte Adams was the f- I think was he the 4th or the 5th wide receiver off the board? I'm sorry. He was 4th, right? So here here's how round 1 went. McCaffrey, Barkley, Cook, AJ Brown, Kamara, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams. DK Metcalf. Those were the first nine picks. It had five wide receivers and McCaffrey, Barkley, Cook, and Kamara at running back. Patrick uh, Travis Kelsey was 10. we got to talk about that. Patrick Mahomes, 11, and Jonathan Taylor, 12. Heath had the eighth pick. He took Adams. I had the ninth pick. I took Metcalf. Dave had the 12th pick. He took Taylor. But Heath, you had, you had uh, Travis Kelsey going 10th overall. George Kittle going 14th overall. And Waller was well behind them. Waller was 53rd, and Andrews was 56th. So Heath, you've got the dynasty rankings. Everybody can check those out on the website. How do you rank those top four tight ends? In the draft, they went Kelsey and Kittle as top 14 picks. Then in round six, or round five, pardon me, Waller and Andrews. Yeah,
2: at tight end, I would rank them Kittle, Andrews, Waller, Kelsey, Um, as far as where they went in this draft, I love, love, love where Andrews and Waller went. I would not take, um, I don't think I, I don't think I'd take Kittle where he went either. I think both of the, the, um, the top two tight ends went earlier than I would prefer. And the next two were, were better.
0: Okay. So you have Kelsey as your number four tight end in dynasty. I do. Dave, what about you? How do you rank those four in Startup Dynasty?
3: I think putting Kittle first makes a lot of sense because of the age factor. And I still think he's got potential to have a couple of big touchdown seasons. We haven't seen that from Kittle yet. I I go back and forth with Waller and Kelsey at two because I know that Waller is is up there in age, but he should theoretically last a little longer than Kelsey. The thing about Kelsey is that you might get two really great seasons out of him before he starts to slow down. It doesn't look like he's slowing down at all. And he's just in a phenomenal offense. So I think if I wanted to play it safe, it's Kelsey. If I really wanted to take a, a little bit more of a long-term approach to my dynasty league, I would go Waller. Andrews is fourth.
0: Keith, I wonder when the next person in their thirties was drafted. Cause Kelsey's going into his age 32 season. You, you have better age numbers than I do. So maybe you can correct me, but uh, he'll be 32 in 2021. twenty-one. will be 31 at the start of the season. Okay. Um, but yes, he will
2: turn 32 at some point during the season. I'm trying to see who my next highest ranked player in the trade chart is. Um, or the top one hundred fifty, Maybe that's what's that? Julio Jones, maybe. That's probably a great. Boy, guess. if that's the case, I don't I don't <laughs> believe Julio's in my tops.
0: I'm still scrolling
2: and I'm at <laughs> 75.
0: <laughs> oh, I took Julio Jones 57th overall in this draft, right after Mark Andrews. But yeah. That's quite first round for Travis Kelsey. You be buyer beware, I guess. Uh, cause he's getting up there in eight. I actually have Russell Wilson
2: ahead of Julio Jones. Okay. I, but yeah. age 32 for Russell Wilson doesn't really mean very much. Right. Age 32 for Julio Jones might mean that you've got one or two years left.
0: Mm-hmm. Wilson went in round eight. Jones went in round five. How many more years do we have of Kelsey playing like this? I'm thinking
3: two.
1: Uh,
2: the thing is, like that—that's a a fair guess. Playing like he did last year, I think the best bet would be zero. Um, I I would say the best bet is that last year was his bet, the best year of his career.
0: Um, yeah, <laughs> want to compare him to Tony Gonzalez?
3: If you've got that info available, hit me.
0: Well, let me see what Tony Gonzalez's actual birthday is. Okay, February. So this works perfectly. His age thirty one season, nearly twelve hundred yards, ninety nine catches, five touchdowns. His age thirty two season. One thousand fifty-eight yards on ninety-six catches, ten touchdowns. Monster years in two thousand seven and two thousand eight. He started to decline after that, but it, it's also coinciding with him going to Atlanta. His first year on Atlanta was his age thirty-three season. Still had eighty-six catches, eighty-three catches, eight hundred sixty-seven yards, six touchdowns. Basically, the rest of his career, he was around eight to nine hundred yards and six to eight touchdowns. He had one year where he only had six hundred fifty-six yards, but he never reached the yardage marks that he had in Kansas city when he went to Atlanta. Is that because he got old? I don't know, but at age 37, he had 859 yards and eight touchdowns age 36, 930 yards and eight touchdowns. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's a top five tight end in any year. That might be like a top three tight end most years. So that was when he's 36 and 37.
3: It's a matter of how long he can hold on to that role and keep the coach's confidence. And you look at his contract. He's, He's not even going to be a consideration to get cut until maybe twenty twenty three when the Chiefs can save over thirteen million off the cap. So I think the Chiefs are banking on two more years of Kelsey. I mean, they can keep him at at this rate, and there'll be a bargain at that point uh, if he's still playing well at a high level when he's thirty four years old. so I, I think that I think that's the safe play with Kelsey. And there's evidence with Antonio Gates. Gates' numbers weren't necessarily amazing. They were still like, certainly top 10, maybe even top five fantasy tight end numbers when he was playing into his 30s. Some years he was much higher than that because he scored a lot of touchdowns. So I, I think that, that it's it's just the role that he's got, the athleticism he has, uh, the the amount of targets that he gets, I don't see it slowing down this year or next year for Kelsey.
2: I think an interesting question is Kelsey and Devontae Adams. Um, Kelsey is obviously older. There's a lot more competition at wide receiver, though, um, for that number one. Adams was four points better than everybody else last year at wide receiver. Kelsey was three points better than everybody else at tight end last year. Who's more likely to be number one
0: this year? At their position, Kelsey. Yep. Let me ask you another question about that. Why is that, though? Why? Because Because there isn't
2: as much competition
3: for that mantle at tight end.
2: The competition that there is, like Kittle was as good as him two years ago. He was. Um, We've seen Waller be almost as good as him per game.
3: Right. I think it's like an odds thing, Heath, where like what percentage chance would you give Kelsey of being the number one tight end in 2021? 25 percent, 30 percent, 50 percent? It's going to be a high number. And with Adams, I'm not sure if you can say that because of all the other great receivers that are out there.
2: Yeah, I'd probably say 30 on Kelsey
3: fine but can you say 30 on Adams maybe
2: close to 30 I don't know I mean it's also dependent on injury and stuff too and Adams has had more injuries lately. I don't know the age difference who I'd yeah, say is more
3: likely to get hurt like that that's baked into the 30 percent
0: let me ask you this so Kelsey has basically played seven full seasons. Got kind of a late start, and he and he, didn't, he, did. he didn't play his rookie season. Uh, so at the same age, Tony Gonzalez had played eleven seasons. So Kelsey doesn't have the same type of mileage that you might expect at his age, and I think that also applies to Derrick Henry, in my personal opinion. Because he, while he has like seven hundred carries in his last two seasons, almost. He didn't really get that much work in his first 3 seasons. 110 carries, 176 215.
3: Yeah, there's research that I've done that proves that that it's not necessarily an age thing as much as it is a workload thing.
0: Right. And which is weird for Henry because you're terrified of 373 or whatever it was regular season carries. The number was 370. The truth is
3: that he's had over 400 touches each of the past two seasons. And uh, those who were worried about him going into last year, they looked at, I think it was 409 touches that he had in the regular season of the playoffs. And they said, there's no way that a normal human can hold up to that. To which other people, the people who liked Henry would say, he's not a normal human. And now I think everybody's kind of shrugging their shoulders and saying, "Okay, he's not normal. He's had over 800 touches the past two seasons. You've got to trust that he can stay stay upright and strong for another year."
0: Yeah, and maybe he's Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson has had a top five finish at age 31 or something like that. Um, you know, age 30 in 2015. LeSean McCoy was really good, you know, late in his career. Um,
3: you know, one thing that I think about and, and this is just off the top of my head, how many times did we see Derrick Henry take a hit and we go wow, he got pummeled on that on that tackle versus the n- amount of times that we see Derrick Henry stiff arm somebody or, you know, drag a defender or push a pile. Like I think he's the one dishing out the punishment and I think that that helps him and again, off the top of my head, no evidence behind this, just a thought. That's what makes him Almost more appealing to fly into the face of, you know, the curse of three seventy or the four hundred touch thing, because he's the one dishing it out, not taking it.
0: Mm-hmm. And he doesn't hobble off the field as many times as Dalvin Cook does, which is like once a game. Uh, he's okay, bigger, stronger. So, dude. so, what's a better value? Derrick Henry in round two, specifically like mid round two, sixth pick of round two, or Austin Eckler with the fifth pick of round three? I mean, he's he's in his prime. You know, um, so who's a better value, Henry in mid-round two or Eckler mid-round three? And this is a full PPR league.
2: Um, I would take Eckler over. No, I wouldn't. It's very close. Eckler is a better value.
3: Do you trust the, do you trust Henry to stay upright? You, You can't count on him to get a lot of catches. And can you trust Austin Eckler to stay upright and have him continue to get a lot of catches? Remember, they're they're, they're changing coaching staffs. We think that Austin Eckler is going to remain in a very strong role where he's going to get a lot of receptions, but he doesn't get a lot of touchdowns, doesn't work near the goal line very much. He's fumbled down near the goal line, I think, once each of the past two seasons. That could stick with the coaches that are there. Uh, And that offense, I think it's going to be – I think it's going to revolve a lot more about Herbert than it will be about anybody in the run game there. I I think I'm going to land on Henry over Eckler.
0: Overall, but, but what if you could wait around and get Eckler?
3: If I can wait around to get Eckler and I know I can wait around to get him, then I will probably wait to get Eckler if it's full PPR.
0: How, how about this group of running backs in round three? Aaron Jones going 27th. So starting with the 26th pick, uh, 27th pick. Aaron Jones, Cam Akers, Austin Eckler, Miles Sanders. Jones, Akers, Eckler, Sanders. Then you have McLaurin then James Robinson, Joe Mixon, Antonio Gibson. So uh, that's, you know, a lot of really interesting running backs in that round. Aaron Jones, Akers, Eckler, Miles Sanders, James Robinson, Joe Mixon, Antonio Gibson. Heath, what do you make of that with those running backs going around three? Most
2: of those backs I've got ranked between like 23 and 28. So like that's right about where I think they should go. I do think it's very good value on Miles Sanders. I think it's I still, and I may not be factoring in enough risk for Jacksonville doing something different. I think that's very, very good value for James Robinson, but it's possible that they decide to spend resources on a running back. I suppose mm-hmm. that is a risk.
0: Okay. So, what stood out to you, Heath, in this draft? We're, we're gonna get to we're gonna get to emails in a few minutes, but uh, what are some of the major takeaways?
2: Well, I mean, I think one of the things that will stick out to people was probably uh, Dan. Schneier taking Patrick Mahomes in the first round at number 11. And they might even expect us to normally to say, don't take a quarterback in the first round. Um, I have in dynasty Mahomes ranked as a first round value. So I think that was a good pick. Um, I thought it was interesting what you brought up about Lamar Jackson and how far he fell below Josh Allen. Yes, As Josh, the number Allen,
0: three quarterback. Josh Allen was the 22nd pick. And Lamar Jackson was the next quarterback taken. What did I say? He went in round six, was
2: it? I took him in round four. Oh, I'm sorry. Round four.
0: Okay. And
2: it, it could just be that uh, Tom Fornelli took Josh Allen, and that those may have been the two people who were willing to draft a quarterback in the first three rounds, and that's why there was a big gap there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But I, I do think quarterbacks should go earlier, um, in my opinion, in dynasty drafts than they do in redraft. Because young quarterbacks might be studs for 10 years on your roster. And you don't, you're don't you not going to draft a running back or a receiver or a tight end that's
3: going to do that. Probably. I was absolutely expecting Deshaun and Kyler to go sooner and Lamar Jackson to go sooner than they did in our dynasty mock.
0: Okay. I, I felt like running back was pretty good through three rounds. And then after that, really dried up. Uh, like, if I, you know, I took Josh Jacobs in round two. I think I went Metcalf, Jacobs. I had the ninth pick, Metcalf, Jacobs, Mixon. And I was pretty happy with that, but not thrilled. And then I did take David Johnson later in the draft, but Keyshawn Vaughn is on my team. Those are my four running backs. Oh, and Rashad Penny. So my running backs really sucked overall. There
2: were some running backs that fell further than I think they should have. A.J. Dillon in the middle of round five. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Great pick. Damian Harris in the middle of round six. I think actually Jacob Gibbs picked both of those. Um, Yeah. But those were good values. And then you get to that range um, in the round six, round seven, where there's the guys like Chris Carson and Kenyon Drake and Miles Gaskin who could either be top 15 running backs next year or could be on the waiver wire by the middle of the season.
0: Yeah. And, and David Johnson, I took round nine. <laughs> so I was happy. That was that. a great value. Yeah. But uh, but a lot of these running backs, it's an interesting time to do a dynasty draft. Right. We haven't had free agency. We haven't had the NFL draft.
3: Right. I was about to ask, when's the best time to do a dynasty startup? It
2: depends on if you want to include the rookie draft. I think we had this question a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago on the yeah. show. And I think I said the same thing. It depends on if you want to do the rookie draft as part of the startup or not. Because if you want to include the rookies in the startup, then I wouldn't do it until after the NFL draft. Right. Um, if you don't, then I'm fine with doing it in, in February.
0: But why? Why not? Free agency? Why not? I mean, it's fun to do drafts, but. Right. Why not just wait until after free agency and the NFL draft? And then right, do, do it two
3: weeks before the NFL draft. And then NFL you can still draft.
0: do... You can, and then at that point, you can do... Well, no, do it in uh, July or whatever. At that point, you can do however you want. You can do a, a startup dynasty draft that includes rookies, or you can do a startup dynasty draft that's just veterans and then do a separate rookie draft. However you mm, want to do true. it as a... But it's just so many players, their values are going to change over the next few weeks and months.
2: I think people like doing that um, because there's less information available to everyone. Mm -hmm. And so you are more likely to get, like maybe there's somebody who really thinks that KJ Hamler or Gabriel Davis or Michael P. Ryan or some of those young guys are actually going to get the opportunity and make the big step forward next year and they're available in round 11. And it might be in May or June that it looks a little bit more obvious that those things are going to happen, and they aren't near as cheap.
0: And we will take a break and read some emails in a moment. I just wanted to give you some Twitter poll results going all the way back to the conversation that started the show. Who should be the number one pick in a startup dynasty draft? PPR, not Superflex. Christian McCaffrey got 52%. A different running back got 16%. A wide receiver, 10%. And Patrick Mahomes, 21.4%. Second place on this list. Um, so I, I don't know. think that's
3: crazy. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's kind of normal. And I love the idea of getting him with a late first-round pick and then coming back. This is what Dan did in our draft. He got George Kittle in round two. short up two positions with his first two oh, picks. Oh, well,
0: let's look at his team then. And let's see well all right then the rest of his did it work out for Dan who's got Mahomes and Kittle and he's probably going to get the number one pick in the draft next year in the rookie draft because he has Tony Pollard Chase Edmonds Le'Veon Bell Matt Breida Daryl Henderson Philip Lindsay Marlon Mack Jarek McKinnon at running back and he has Keenan Allen Kenny Galladay Adam Thielen and Michael Gallup and Brashad Perryman at wide receiver, um, and DJ Chark. DJ Chark, sorry, is a flex for him.
3: He's loaded everywhere except running back, uh, at which point he is pretty thin.
0: Is he loaded? But, uh, is this loaded at wide receiver? I, I mean, think I, this
3: is. I think it's a good. I think it's a great start at wide receiver. Keenan Allen, Allen, feeling and Chark. Plus DJ Chark. There's it, there's plenty of upside to help win now. And a it's a win-now-receiving core.
0: Yeah, but why have a win-now-receiving core when you're running back? It's like either go all-in or... Well, there's <laughs> still
3: a rookie draft that's coming that he could add a running back or two there. And you know that there's always going to be a few running backs that come out of the woodwork off the waiver wire. He's just going to have to be aggressive about going to get them.
0: Can okay, we go so, through our teams real quick? Yeah, sure. But let me ask you this. If you're if A lot of people do start up dynasty drafts. Not a lot, but maybe there's one or two in each league. Uh, they kind of punt on year one, and they try to establish some incredible future team. So if you know that you've taken Mahomes and Kittle with your first two picks, and then in round three you took Kenny Galladay after that run of running backs, which was unfortunate for him, Jones, Akers, Eckler, Sanders, Robinson, Mixon, Gibson, all off the board right before Dan's next pick. He could have taken Clyde edwards there, but he went with Galladay, and then he took Keenan Allen. Um, does it make more sense instead of Galladay and Allen? Not that they're old but to go even younger at wide receiver like take DJ Moore to I would what I was going to
2: say was he should have taken David Johnson
0: oh late in the draft yeah, yeah. When he, he should have uh, taken Melvin
2: Gordon or the guys that are probably going to be starters next year but are being discounted because of their age
0: Heath oh, let's not. see your team you had the 8th pick
2: what do you got? I have Lamar Jackson at quarterback. My starting running backs are DeAndre Swift and James Robinson. My wide receivers are Devonte Adams, Tyler Lockett, and Marquise Brown. I have Mark Andrews at tight end. Currently have LaVisca Chenault as my flex. Uh, the bench is interesting. I think it cars my backup quarterback, whatever. Uh, Running backs, I have DJ Dallas, Michael P. Ryan, Devin Singletary, and Edo Smith. Wide receivers, I have Colin Johnson, Sterling Shepard, and Travis Fulgham. Try to get a little mix of upside and security there. And then I have both Austin Hooper and OJ Howard.
0: Do you think you have any really usable backup running backs? DJ Dallas, Michael P. Ryan, Devin Singletary, and Edo Smith?
2: I hope so. That's um those are the types of guys though that I want to take a shot on. Like there's really four guys whose teams might go add superstar running backs, but if one of those four don't, there's four guys that could have an opportunity at legitimate touches in 2021.
0: Okay. I had the ninth pick. I just have this weird I have a weird team. Aaron Rodgers. Josh Jacobs and Joe Mixon. I mean, that's the fate of my team right there. They're young guys, Young Jacobs, especially, still got some good years left. Those two, but disappointing in twenty twenty. Uh, Julio Jones, DK Metcalf, DJ Moore, Julio Jones. Those are my starting wide receivers. Plus Michael Pittman as my flex, and I have TJ Hawkinson at tight end. Yeah, it's it's solid. It's the middle it's of the. It's got pack a lot kind of team. similarities to my team actually. It's weird. You have Swift and Robinson. I have Jacobs and Mixon. So I have a little bit more provenness, I guess. You have more... I don't even know if you have more upside, but you're you're younger. Dave, whose running backs would you prefer? Jacobs and Mixon or James Robinson and Swift?
3: That's a great question. I like them both. I think I would go with Jacobs and Mixon.
0: I think
2: I have one and four in that group, and you have two and three (laughs) in most people's minds. (laughs)
0: Probably. Uh, Oh, I don't know. I I think people really like Josh Jacobs still.
3: Well you can't you can't fight the age there but it's not like DeAndre Swift is some old coot in his scooter. Right. So I I think that there's it's I think it's close between those two. I think Mixon's third and and despite what we saw from Robinson, I think there's trepidation about him being able to keep doing what he did last year for years to come.
2: It it is again and this this is just different people looking at like obviously the pedigree with Joe Mixon is much better than it is with James Robinson. Joe Mixon's been a future star at running back for like half a decade now. Um, James Robinson, in his rookie year, just had a season as good or better as Joe Mixon ever has. Mm -hmm. And two years younger, and we were pretty confident in Joe Mixon moving forward. We're not sure about James Robinson.
3: Well, I don't know if we're that confident about Joe Mixon moving forward, but we know that there's big opportunity for him. We think there could be big opportunity for James Robinson.
0: I'm confident. We, 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 in we have
3: absolutely no idea what urban Meyer thinks of James Robinson. I'm,
0: I'm confident in Joe Mixon's touches. Uh, that's, that's why I would take him over Robinson at this I'm, point.
3: I'll tell you what though, like if the draft goes by and free agency finishes up and Jacksonville doesn't do anything significant at running back, they've told you what they think of James Robinson yeah. and there have been running backs in urban Meyer's offenses before that have been just amazing statistically outstanding and it's college it's not pro but the opportunities are there that's the point and there are opportunities to catch as well and we've seen robinson do that so we're going to have a better grip on robinson in about For sure. three months yeah.
2: yes and and to be clear like i said i have one and four and adam has two and three i think that's in most people's minds i would prefer robinson to mixon but i've always kind of been the poo-pooer well, of joe mixon
0: uh, you have swift and robinson i have Jacobs and Mixon. Who do you think number one in most people's minds is Swift? I believe so, yes. That's it. you know uh, it's funny though is that Robinson Robinson
3: and Swift are gonna be the first two drafted in redraft this year. No question about it. Who? Robinson uh, and Swift.
0: I I think I really think that people are could over could forgive Josh Jacobs season because what we know about Jacobs is that he's going to get a ton of touches he's going to dominate at the goal line we think we know about that he won't have the catches maybe 30 catches something like that but maybe maybe 35 maybe more but not 50 um i think i don't know i i mean the raiders offensive line was really banged up last year i could see people getting back on the Josh Jacobs train like they were last year i could see that
3: all right. Anyway, uh, there will be a fever pitch for Swift for sure.
0: I just
2: looked, and it's fantasy football calculator, so I don't know. Um, but DeAndre Swift is 18th, and Josh Jacobs is 25th.
0: Okay, where's James Robinson.
2: Robinson is 32nd, and Joe Mixon is 33rd.
3: If this is for what? That's ADP so far. Dynasty average draft position.
0: There we go. Oh well, Dynasty is different because. Even but one, that's what we're talking one, about. No, you said in redraft that I, that I made the are, point in redraft. Yes. yes, right. What I'm saying is in redraft, I think Jacobs, I think he could end up being the first of that of this group to go. That's what I'm well,
3: saying. Well, it, it almost doesn't matter because my running backs are better than both of yours.
0: Uh, my, my
3: duo is better than your duo.
0: Maybe. I mean, you've got the passing downs guy for the Chiefs. Uh, Clyde <laughs>
3: Actually, he was the running downs guy for yeah, the Yeah, I know, but now that's going to gonna be Damian Williams.
0: All right, you've got Russell Wilson. Well, you can give your team. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, I got Wilson at quarterback. I got good value on him. Uh, running back, Jonathan Taylor was my first round pick. Edwards Elaire was my third round pick. Calvin Ridley was my second round pick at receiver. T. Higgins was my fourth round pick receiver. And, and I had back to back picks. I was the last pick in round one. I was in the 12th slot. Uh, put Will Fuller with those guys, put Robert Woods with those guys. Uh, Tight end is Janu, hoping that he ends up in a great spot in free agency this offseason. And then the bench, nothing great. At running back, it's Tariq Cohen, Josh Kelly, Jeff Wilson, Bryce Love, Anthony McFarland. I was actually happy to get McFarland, uh, especially now with the news about Connor being on the outs in Pittsburgh. He's got a shot to get a good role there. Wide receiver, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Julian Edelman, Quintez Cephas. Uh, and that's it at receiver. I'm definitely thin at receiver depth, but I like the guys that I have in my lineup.
0: Yeah, they give a really good team. In fact, I think your bench running backs, just having Tariq Cohen and Jeff Wilson, that's nice.
3: Yeah, and I have Robert Tunyon too. I got Tunyon late in the draft. So if John, who doesn't end up in a great spot, I can just go to Tunyon. Hopefully he can keep it going from last year.
0: Cool. Oh, okay. Well, it's long overdue, and uh, I, we have to read your Dynasty email. So, we're going to have a longer show today. We're going to take a quick break here on fantasy football today when we come back. Your email is fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster,
1: Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
0: Our first email is from Nicholas. 14-team dynasty startup, full PPR, one quarterback. Uh, I just traded my three... Fourteen and four hundred one, and five fourteen picks, and the first pick in the rookie draft. So he's got he's got the last pick. He's got the fourteen picks. He traded rounds three and four plus the last pick of round five and the first pick of a rookie draft. Four, pick two hundred three, three twelve and five eleven. Ugh. Ooh no I don't like this.
3: He he basically traded his fourth round pick and the rookie 101 for 203.
0: Yeah, I, it's third pit. So that's the 17th overall pick in this te- in this league. Would you okay, rather so straight who, up have the 17th overall pick or rookie 101?
3: My
2: 17th overall player is Miles
3: Sanders. DeAndre Swift was the 17th overall pick in, in our uh, Dynasty Startup.
2: I would, would you rather, rather have DeAndre have, Swift than the 101.
3: Would you rather have Swift than the 101?
0: No. Because I, I, love, Travis, I, I love Travis Etienne. But I could yeah. totally see someone disagreeing with that.
2: Would you rather have Swift than the 101 last year?
3: Probably not. Yes, because Swift wasn't the 101 yes. last year.
0: Well, oh, I, I didn't really... Under, you're saying, would I rather have Swift than... At this time of year, I would rather have had probably Miles Sanders than the 101. And I compare Swift to Miles Sanders for obvious reasons.
3: Remember, uh, you also gave up the fourth round, a fourth round pick, too. So, it's yeah, kind of so like what the do we 101 think? 101 straight like up for the second no? round pick. It's a fourth rounder, too. You no, like I, like the, I
0: don't like the trade. Okay. Uh, okay, so f- this one is from... Matt in Los Angeles joined an existing dynasty league last year, fielded a decent team, but didn't play any defense. I have five IDP players because I wanted to have the upside of getting breakout players. So I finished in last place. I have the number one pick on the rookie draft. I have to drop five players. Who should I drop? Okay. Who are the options here? Hertz, Tannehill, Tua, Daniel Jones, um, Rashad, Penny, Zach Moss. Chenault, Debo, Marquise Brown, John U. Smith, Logan Thomas, Ravens, and Butker. I am confused. He has to drop five players. He said
2: he didn't play any defense, five IDP players, but also he has the Ravens.
0: I guess you have a DST and IDPs. So he didn't play any IDPs last year, but he's going to this year. So he needs to drop five players. Can you drop your kicker in defense? That's first place. Of course you can. He didn't play five IDP
2: players last year. I think he can drop anybody he wants. <laughs> Every...
0: <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, so do that, and then you need three more. Yeah, you've got some tough
3: cuts to make after that. Um, did he say if it was full PPR? Yes, he did. I think I would still drop Daniel Jones, for sure. Rashad Penny. And I think it, I think I would cut logan thomas next so the kicker the defense jones penny logan thomas everybody else has too much upside
2: man i'd have a hard time cutting logan thomas and leaving i Johnny get it smith is my only tight end
3: so then who do you cut instead zach
2: moss definitely daniel jones the kicker the defense
0: rashad penny
3: <laughs>
0: the other options could be i think i'd cut john who lavisca Le- chanel debo samuel Johnu well, and Logan Thomas.
3: I'll tell you what. Can you make the decision after Johnu figures out where he's playing?
2: Like I, I really like Johnu's upside, but what, like his upset is all entirely one hundred percent theoretical.
3: Mm-hmm. Right, but Logan Thomas was a byproduct of a checkdown quarterback and a, a Washington offense that didn't have a whole lot of other pieces to it. I'm sure they're going to upgrade around him. Like, it's hard to get excited about Logan Thomas, especially in a Dynasty League. He's an older player.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay, one of the tight ends. For next
3: year, he could be good. Let
0: Matt figure it out. Let's go to our next one from Francis in (laughs) London. Hey, Roger, Novak, and Rafa. Those are tennis players. They are tennis players. Do you know their last names? Federer. Federer. Yeah. Nadal. Yeah, and Novak.
3: Djokovic or something (laughs) like
0: that? (laughs) Just Djokovic.
3: Djokovic. Djokovic. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Uh, I have a solid team. I won the league. I'm looking to win now. My wide receivers are Michael Thomas, Calvin Ridley, Juju, Beckham, and Gabriel Davis. Do I take this trade? Give up Gabriel Davis and a third round 2021 rookie pick for Julio Jones. Do it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, This is from Steve. Where's Steve from?
3: Steve is from Boise, Idaho.
0: Second year of a 14-team Superflex League. It's half PPR. So it's Superflex. It's 14 teams. And you have to start two tight ends. I have 101, 104, 109, 201, 202, 203. Yes. For a team that drafted last year to be dominant in two to three years. So with my starting tight ends being Gesicki and Ian Thomas and only Foster Moreau on the bench, do you think it's worth drafting Kyle Pitts at 104? Yes. He won't be there at 109. Okay. I hope he's there at 104. Two tight ends you have to start. Right. I don't know. I mean, he also says I could take Brevin Jordan or one of the other prospects in the second round.
3: Not smart enough to speak on any of the other prospects at tight end, but I do know that it's not a deep class. And I know that there's a chance that Pitts actually gets drafted and converted to a receiver. That's one thing that might, Make it a little bit nervous to take him in a two tight end league, but he's got so much athleticism. He seems like a great, great future player are, in the NFL. Are you
0: though? Are you surprised that Brevin Jordan is not more highly thought of? Because he he was the number one tight end recruit in the country, and I always thought he was a spectacular player. He went to Miami, so Dave and I watched every game he's played. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's tremendous, but he's not really. I mean, he's like potentially a day three pick, and that's not someone you want to bank on as a starting tight end. So I don't know. I I'm surprised. I'm interested to see where he ends up. He's been very injured, but this again, number one recruit in the uh, tight end recruit in the country, and he's been awesome when he's played. So uh, I don't know, Dave. I was surprised that he hasn't been ranked higher. Maybe that's a topic for a different show. You know what? We're gonna have an NFL draft series on FFT and Five launching next week, and uh, we'll tell you more about that and get into these prospects. Colin Snyder has a question. Should I keep Jared Goff or Derek Carr in a Dynasty League? Carr.
2: I think I have Carr. Yeah, just barely. I mean, it's a it's a push. They go back and forth every time I update the quarterback rankings.
0: All right. Our last email is from Brandon. Dear Bill, Hank, Dale, and Boomhauer. Hmm? Oh, nah. Brandon in Newfoundland. Long-time listener of the show, and you've helped me win multiple titles in our Dynasty League. Uh, nice. 12-team, one quarterback, half PPR, one flex. So he needs a quarterback. He has Trubisky as his quarterback. Yeah. I do not <laughs> I do not have a pick until the third round since I went for the championship last season. I am ready and willing to move on from Clyde Edwards-Elair. He also has Akers and Dobbins and Melvin Gordon and Jeff Wilson. Um, Who are some of the quarterbacks you would target for Clyde Edwards-Elair? I have been offered Raheem Mostert and the 102 pick in this year's rookie class. If I do that deal to give up Edwards-Elair for Mostert and the second pick of the rookie draft, would you take a position player or a quarterback?
3: I would probably take a position player.
0: I would, but I don't know, like,
2: what's the point of doing that trade, really? Like, you've got J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, Chris Godwin, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Joe Mixon.
0: Oh, he like, has yes, Mixon. You, I'm sorry. I missed that one.
3: You need to go get a quarterback to win the damn league. Could You make the trade for 102 and then move down, and maybe get 110 in a future first, and then he can take one of the quarterbacks at 110.
0: But that's not going to help him this year.
3: If the quarterback is Lawrence and, and possibly Zach Wilson,
0: it's it not going to be Lawrence at one ten. I wouldn't think. Probably not. I, I doubt it. But
3: but but it, he moves but back to one oh five. Wouldn't Lawrence every?
0: There. Wouldn't all of you take the second pick in the draft plus Mostert for Clyde Edwards-Helaire at this point? All two of you. I think I would. Oh, I would take the second pick in the draft
2: for Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Right. I don't so, even need Mostert. So do the trade. I'd love to have him
0: do the trade and and you know regardless of what position you and you can address quarterback in a separate trade but do that trade
3: could he do that trade and then deal off Mixon for a first round pick in the draft and then you'd use that pick to get Lawrence can you
2: just trade the number 2 for Lamar Jackson
3: probably you could do that but then uh, yeah. okay so now I'm trading Edwards Alaire basically for a stud quarterback I I don't, I don't down think down you what can the trade quarterback layout is in the league
2: I don't think you can trade Clyde for Lamar Jackson but if but I think you could trade the number two for Lamar
3: Jackson depends on who's got Lamar Jackson and what his quarterback situation is
0: okay maybe uh, running uh CBS back situation is CBS Sports tight end rankings by the way Kyle Pitt's ninth overall uh guy from Penn State Pat Friermuth. No idea how to pronounce that. 24th overall. Brevin Jordan, 46th overall. So if that's the case, then Jordan will have some appeal. Uh, But I'm seeing a lot of different things on him. All right, that's it for today's show. It was a long one, just like your Dynasty Leagues. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Unless there's some breaking news over the weekend, you know uh, we'll always have those bonus pods for you. Thanks to Dave and Heath and Ben Schrager. I'm Adam Azer. Have a good weekend, everybody. See you.